You're listening to Prosperous Coach Podcast with host Rhonda Hess, helping you to choose a smart coaching niche and launch your coaching business with confidence. Hello, coaches, and welcome back to Prosperous Coach Podcast. Today is an on-air coaching session, and I know you love these. I do too. And I have the pleasure today of talking to David Smith. And David, I'm going to turn it over to you. I want to welcome you and have you tell us a bit about yourself. Thanks, Rhonda. I'm really glad to be here today. I'm here because I'm looking for some wisdom. So I am a Washington, D.C.-based career coach. I got into coaching after 30 years of uh, multiple careers. I practiced law for a number of years. I was a college university professor for a number of years. I was a Fulbright scholar. I went overseas. I worked for a Washington, D.C. think tank. And it's in the last couple of years I came to realize that uh, this, these collective experiences that I've had provide me with some insight into inside Washington-type careers. And so uh, for the last couple of years, I've, I've built a coaching practice, a career coaching practice. I tend to focus on two kind of cohorts. One tends to be late 20s, early 30s, people who are looking for mostly international or policy-based careers. Often they're inside the Beltway in Washington, D.C., but they can be anywhere, including international. And the other, I think, is kind of an interesting cohort I get are people who are in their 50s who are looking for an encore career. All right. Thank you so much for that background. You have some specific takeaways that you want to have for today's call. So tell me what you want to come away from this call with. Sure. There, there are two things that I've struggled with trying to fix. Uh, one is, um, lately I've had a couple of clients who have ghosted me. Um, by ghosting, I mean we're kind of, we're operating well. Two just kind of dropped off. I will go to people once and say, I missed your call or I haven't heard from you, but I don't really do that again, you know, and that's one thing. The other thing that I struggle with a bit is because at least my younger clientele tends to be people who are starting their careers, right? So I'm dealing with people in their late 20s, early 30s. Sometimes it's really hard to get commitment from those folks to engage in coaching over the long term. And they really often really need it because there's often a failure in often their university, often graduate-based education to really provide them with some career uh, insights. Okay. So there's two things, as I understand it. One is, how do you keep clients from ghosting you, just sort of disappearing off of the radar? And then how do you get younger clients to get engaged, stay engaged, and commit to a longer-term process? If I had some wisdom about those two things, I think that would be real helpful to me right now. Okay, great. Those two things are related. Does that make sense to you? Yeah, I mean, they're both, uh, you know, commitment-based, right? And um, people come to me with an interest and a need and a desire, and I've got to really take that and be able to turn it back to them to kind of create a powerful uh, synergy for them to really kind of move forward, right? But at the end of the day, it's commitment on their part, right? Yeah, it is. Let me ask you about how you're presenting yourself. So when you meet these clients, when, when they're prospects and you are enrolling them, 
what do you say you're going to help them do? And do you have a program or is it, or do you just present yourself as a coach and, and you charge X number of dollars per session? Well, I always do a discover session, right? And I get referrals. I say, you know, we're going to do, I usually say half an hour. And that's really to find out. I think at the end of the day, the most important thing is whether there's a match between them and me, right? In other words, is there, is, can I help them? Do they feel comfortable in what I'm doing? And one of the things that I thought about, and I think it, I got this idea from one of your other sessions, actually, Rhonda, is that sometimes I give away the farm in that session. That is, Sometimes I start giving too much direction, answering too many questions for them, and in kind of trying to solve things for them, going farther than I should. So I don't have the so the program is I have you know this twenty minutes, then I engage them. You know I send them an, an kind of an engagement letter, and they I have some forms that they fill out, and then we really meet on an hour to two hour basis every week, and. I operate very much on a strategic planning model that I spend time with them, helping them develop a strategic plan about what they should be doing, where they should be going, how they should be going, going about it. Okay. Well, thanks for describing that to me. I think that you've hit on something that's really important, and that is that it sounds like you are coaching and problem solving in the discovery session. Yeah, maybe that's what I'm doing. <laughs> the very first thing that you can do is stop that. Yeah. And what I recommend to all coaches is that the discovery call is a get-to-know-you call. Mm -hmm. I have a set of questions that I ask my prospects in a discovery call. Mm -hmm. And the whole idea really is to get them connected to what they want, mm -hmm. to help them understand, first of all, what is their day-to-day -day life like, what their background is, what they're bringing to the table, what their support system is. You know, do they have a partner? Do they have a family? Are they mm -hmm. employed already? How much time they're going to have to dedicate to building their coaching business? Now, that's all about my clients. You'd have similar questions that would help you to understand your clients in that discovery call. And so you'd stay in question mode. And this is the power place. I have to get in the habit of asking better questions and deeper questions. For instance, the question you asked about, what is your support system like? I mean, who is around you that can support you through this process? The first section of questions is really about, give me a snapshot of your life. Mm -hmm. Oftentimes, people will tell me how old they are, where they're mm -hmm. living, how many kids they have, if they have kids, whether they have a life partner or not, and then asking them about, you're working right now. How much are you working? Mm -hmm. What are you doing? What's your background? Mm -hmm. If I'm going to support someone and help them reach specific mm -hmm. goals, I really want to know enough about them so that one, I know for a good fit, and two, I have a sense of what is surrounding them, what's in their environment, what, what's going on with them, what's their vision for whatever it is you as a coach are going to help them get to. So, so in the case of my clients, I want to know what's your vision for your coaching business? Mm -hmm you would then shift that to your target audience. I say things like, where do you want to be a year from now? You know, how do you see yourself? That kind of thing. And that's another way of asking the vision question in a different way. Exactly. After you've gotten a sense of their goals, mm -hmm. the next thing you want to do is you want to find out, so what's in the way of that? Mm -hmm. Right. What's been stopping you? Write down what they say. Verbatim. Yeah, because later in the conversation say, 
I understand that this is important to you and to actually say what they said. Mm -hmm. Our prospective clients tell us a lot about what they really need from us or want from us and what is going to be inspiring to them in terms of the way to enroll. Then try to reconnect them with their goals. Scale of one to 10, 10 being the highest. How important is it to you to achieve X, Y, or Z by this time? It's going to be an eight or higher. Mm -hmm. And then you can say, okay, I get that this is really important to you. So are you ready to hear how I can help you? So you have not at this point jumped in, in, into any coaching, into any suggestion. Right. No, no. And, and you've, you've gotten them to think deeply about where they are and giving them the space to do that. And I think that's really important in coaching. I mean, coaching is more about the reflection of the coachee going through the process at the end of the day, right? I don't want you to even think of this discovery call as a coaching session at all. Mm -hmm. In fact, however you're setting this call up, whether it's through an email or on your website, you've got to make sure that the language makes it clear that this is not a coaching session. This is a get-to-know-you session. Okay, okay. I should make that clear, and I don't, but that's a good point. That's really, really important. I used to do sample coaching sessions as the way to enroll clients. The time that I decided to stop doing that and, and to instead have a discovery call that is centered around getting to know them and them getting to know what I can, how I can help them, what I can do for them. That was the day that my business really shifted in terms of the amount of money that I make, in mm. terms of the ease that I have in enrolling people into my program. There's another change though here, and, and this is where the programming comes in. I think you probably know from listening to my podcast that I'm a real advocate of having a program as opposed to just having a coaching practice where you have hourly coaching or monthly coaching that you do where you bill the client session after session or month after month. Okay. Explain that again, what you mean by program so that I have a better understanding of that. Yeah. What I call it is a signature program, and it is focused around the target audience. So when I work with coaches, the very first thing I like to do with them is to help them choose a viable target audience. And then we go out and we do market research with that audience. And then we take that market research and we convert that into programming, including a, a free offer and a mm -hmm. signature program web copy and everything else so that we are speaking the language of the target audience and making sure everything on the website, everything that goes out by email is all congruent and really is addressing the specific desires and wants of that target audience and also speaking to the pain points or the challenges of that target audience. Okay. The program is based on milestones you will help them achieve towards very specific end goal. The milestones are really important, and, I, and I, I actually try to develop those with clients, but I've never thought of the whole thing as kind of a signature program. Maybe it's because I, you know, I, I think about it as I go along, and that's not necessarily the best way of doing it, so I appreciate that. Yeah, I'd encourage you to do this. You have two audiences right now. They're a little different, mm -hmm. and I think that's a bit of a challenge because that is holding you back from being able to be very specific about who you help what it is they want, mm -hmm. the milestones you'll help them achieve. And it's keeping you really from being able to create 
a signature program. So let me just say a little bit more about the signature program, and then let's let's take a sidestep and and look at your target audience for a second. Does that sound good? Okay. Sure. Okay. So signature program, you know, a lot of people ask me, well, I don't really understand, you know, how do I coach people through a signature program? Because I've been taught that you are supposed to let the client bring the agenda and then you serve that agenda. And then the next time it's something completely different. Well, people don't seek out coaching. Instead, there's a specific outcome that they want, and that's going to inspire them to invest in support to get there. And so we need to be, as coaches, we need to be outcome-based. Yes, excellent. We need to be mm -hmm. sure that we're getting our clients to a goal that they really want. Coaching primarily is the way we're going to do that. You can have, let's say, a four-step or a five-step program that has major milestones in those phases or steps. Okay. And then within those, there may be minor milestones as well. And when you present your program in that way to your target audience, to the people who you're serving, they see themselves in that. They say, wow, this guy really knows what he's talking about. Mm -hmm. He understands me. He understands what I want. He understands what's in my way. And he has a plan. He has a structure. Okay. And then they enroll. And by the way, you charge a price that's commensurate with the outcomes you're going to help them get. So, you know, no longer are you charging $100 an hour or you're charging $5,000. Right. That goes a long way to solve this issue that you have of people ghosting you, of people not committing. Right. Because people are waiting for the next milestone. I think that may be it because I meet from week to week or every other week and I will give them homework and so forth. But this idea of a milestone, so that is a goal that people can latch on to. So it, it makes a lot of sense what you presented. If you have a really solid structure to your program and it has a length of term, mm -hmm. it's a five-month program or it's a six-month program or it's a 90-day program, or mm -hmm. they are a lot more motivated to enroll because they can see the future before them then. Mm -hmm. And they're not just coming around to have a session with David. Right. They are in a program with you. You price the program so that it's a high incentive for them to pay it all at once. Mm -hmm. And then once they're invested, they're not going to ghost on you because they've made this investment. Right, right. And so they are in this state of mind. First of all, they've forgotten about the money because they paid it up front. They're not paying it every week. <laughs> yeah, it's a problem. To It is reminding them to pay. And, and it is, if you can get them to pay it all at once, that's much better. Yes. You're not collecting. They're not trying to scrounge. And structure gives people confidence to invest highly in something. Yes, excellent. So now let's talk about your target audience because you've got two and I think this is actually holding you back to have two. Mm -hmm. I agree. You know, I'm at a certain stage in my life and my career where part of what I see coaching is giving back. I mean, I want to make a living from coaching, but actually that's not the raison d'etre for my coaching. I mean, it's nice to make a living. And why I work with younger professionals is because I want to launch them in a meaningful career where they're giving something to society. I mean, a lot of the people I work with are people who want to go into 
international development or humanitarian work or policy work. Get a lot of meaning with working with that population. The older group looking for an encore career, they've climbed their mountain. Maybe they're looking for another mountain to climb, um, but they're often financially in a better position, right? Um, to, to participate, you know. What do you want to earn in your coaching career? Well, if I earned in a year, I, I mean, this is, this is not a lot of money. I must tell you for some people, if I learned $25,000 a year from coaching because I also earn a salary for my not-for-profit, I would be fine with that. Okay. My, my wife has a good income. Um, my kids are th- almost through with college. Uh, we've just about paid off our house. It's like, you know, I'm at that point in my life where it, it, it's, it's a different value than, say, if I was in my 30s yes. being a coach and when I'm trying to get out of it. Well, so you've been really clear. I, I am hearing it loud and clear that where your passion lay, where a lot of your expertise lay in the last years, how you want to give back is really around working with these younger Mm-hmm. people who are emerging into the beltway careers or or international careers they want to go work internationally yeah mm-hmm. that's that's really where it is yeah. for me okay great let's just do the math here and and this is something okay. i think is really important i notice that a lot of coaches often don't do the math because they they think about what they want to earn but they don't really think about well what does that really translate to sure. in terms of number of clients and you have another job, so you're putting 50% of your time into coaching. We do need to put time into marketing. Sure. How many clients at a time do you think you'd want to, could work with? But if I got closer to 20 clients, I think I'd, I'd be much more comfortable. And I could handle that in terms of that and the other things that I do. Okay. Great to know. Yeah, so if you want to earn 25K or more, Mm -hmm. then, and you you don't want to work with more than 20 clients a year, let's say, then you need to be charging somewhere between, say, $1,500 to $2,000 per client. (laughs) Right. Now you're, you're laughing, you're chuckling. Tell me what that means. Well, I'm laughing because if I, if I, if my, my clients are 28 year old, uh, just out of graduate school and, um, they also have a you know $100,000 debt and they 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 really don't know where they're going because actually graduate education doesn't really provide um, career insights it's, and young professionals really struggle for them to suggest now you're going to have to come up with something else but it, it isn't but but here's the point i think you're making a good point i had a colleague say to this to me once about this they said if you have spent $100,000 to get a degree and you still don't have a job then why wouldn't you spend another $1,500 to hire somebody who's going to help you on that pathway, right? Exactly. And, and maybe I had to think about that a little bit more. Last week, I had a client call me, and it was a mother, <laughs> right, of a, of, a, of a graduate student, right? Who said, my daughter just can't figure out what to do, right? And we're willing to underwrite her, right, to figure out what to do, right? Yeah. Um, and I think you know, maybe there's a lot more of of that out there than I realize. There are certainly parents. There may be other family members who would be willing to make a loan. There are potentially, who knows, grants, especially if they want to do something humanitarian. Sure. 
part of what you could offer in your program is some information where you do the legwork and you find out what might be the various different ways that they could get back that money that they invested in your program. Yeah, that, that's got me something to think about. Yeah. Let's just say, I'm not going to go all the way through this signature program with you. You're going to figure out some of this on your own, but, but are you starting to get the sense of the value of having a signature program and the value of targeting one audience so you know what it is specifically they want? Yeah, I think so. I, what I really like is that by having a signature program, you are getting people to also know what the end game is. I think a lot of times in career coaching, People think, well, the end game is I get a job. And I realize that's what it is. But it's often more than that in the process. I mean, I look at a person's development in a, in a career as more than just a job. It, there are a lot of different pieces in it. And these pieces of it can be really part of these milestones that they reach. And if people understand what the milestone is that I will help them reach, then I think there's more incentive for them to stay with it. Exactly. Your next steps really are to, number one, look at the way that you are inviting people to a discovery session and make sure the language surrounding that, whether it's an email or on your website, okay. makes it clear this is a get-to-know-you right. call. I'm going to ask you some very powerful questions about where you're going and what's in your way, mm -hmm. and I'm going to share with you how I can help you leap over those issues to get where you want to go faster. Right. And number two is to develop a signature program. Right. You won't have people ghosting you. <laughs> yeah. I think you're going to find a difference with this. So how do you feel? I feel great. I mean, I, I'm already thinking in my head what some of those milestones could be. Excellent. This has been really helpful. Thank you so much, David. I really enjoyed talking with you and good job, by the way. Thank you. Thank you, Rhonda. And I really appreciate this time with you. so glad you tuned in to Prosperous Coach Podcast. Please share this episode with other coaches. And if you're listening on the iTunes podcast app, review this show. Joel Bass did my theme music. Thanks, Joel.